everybody. Welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And we're a happily married couple with four small children. We're an old couple. I'm Grandpa Dad. Not yet. Close. You will be by the time your daughter graduates from high school. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Um, speaking of four small children, we are very possibly now on the tail end of more than 10 years straight of diapers. Our daughter, Faith, who will be three on May 9th, uh, has successfully pooped in the potty three times in a row now. That is awesome. It's amazing. And you guys, she is the stereotypical gets freaked out about pooping in the toilet thing. She's been pooping consistently or peeing consistently. And we're just diving right into the potty stuff. Like <laughs> it's in the title of our of our podcast for a reason. But she's she being a very do it yourself little girl has been peeing on the potty when she wants to, not always. Sometimes she'll be like, I just peed in my diaper. She totally knows when she's peeing in her diaper, even at night. Um, but she has been doing this for months and months. And after Christmas, I thought, you know, we're just going to potty train. And she would not poop on the potty. And after three days of her holding it, she won. Not me. And I gave her a diaper. And then, of course, she's wildly constipated and it hurts to poop. And we, since January now, have been fighting the scared to poop, even in a diaper, because it hurts from that memory. And then it actually does hurt because she just doesn't, she holds it and only poops like every three days. And so prunes are a regular part of her diet. And just the other day, she, yesterday, she, I had a friend over who has five kids. And so fortunately, she totally got this, but Faith one, came rushing inside from playing outside with the kids, walking a little bit like a duck, and saying, I have to pee! I have to pee! And I helped her get on the potty, and, and she starts screaming, I pooped! I pooped! And in a happy way, she's done it accidentally a couple times, and it freaks her out. Like, she thinks she's just peeing on the potty, and some poop slips out, and it terrifies her. So this time it was happy, and she got, like, a whole handful of M&Ms for being happy and excited about it. And then she did it twice today, and she is, like, you know, being that very self-aware, almost three-year-old, she's like, I think I'm potty training. And I'm like, I, of course you are. I just bought a Costco case of diapers for you. <laughs> but that's all right. It's It's money that I'm happy to pass on to somebody else if it means that I'm not changing diapers anymore. Yeah, we could flip that box, no problem. So as you can tell, guys, we tend to talk about whatever comes to mind. Um, no planning, no nothing. We get a lot of people asking... a notebook of things to But you never talk to me about it, though. No, we don't pre-discuss things. I've actually been saving, speaking of Faith's birthday, I've been saving to talk to you about... Faith's birthday? About what I want to get her for her birthday. Her birthday is May 9th, you guys. So in less than a month, she turns three... And she's the fourth child, so anything you could think of that we would even remotely, quote-unquote, need, even in a first-world sense, we have, because we've gotten it for the other three children's first, second, third, fourth, or fifth birthday, mm-hmm. or Christmas, or whatever. So I've been shopping around online, and first of all, she and Elise, who... You guys, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but Elise has been very hard to teach how to read. She's six. 
And for my other two older ones, I did... Like, te- by, by very hard, like, almost impossible. Even I can't do it. Like, so I've done, for the other two kids, teach your child to read in 100 easy lessons. And true to the promise, it has been 100 easy lessons. And your kid comes out reading at the second grade level and then is off to the races. And you're never... Somehow the magic of the teach your child to read in 100 easy lessons book is you're never left explaining why there's an E at the end of the word. It just teaches them to do these sounds, letter sounds, O-A, intuitively. And she has just somehow this book amps up her anxiety and she just cries at every story in the book. And they're super silly stories. And so my other kids looked forward to reading them because they wanted to figure out what the silliness was that went with the story. And she just freaks out about it. And then we've tried other basic beginner reading things. And she's like, I don't understand why it doesn't say ah, ah, with an OA, like goat mm-hmm. or something. And I'm like, I... <laughs> I spend a lot of time, every time I... You know, it usually comes... You know, E is... E always means... At the end of a word, always means this first vowel is long. It makes its own name. Except, it says its name. Except this one. I do right. a lot of except. I'm trying to explain rules and going, except Because the English language one. is weird and hard. Except this one. But somehow there's other... Anyway, <clears throat> I've, I've so given up that I downloaded an app called Teach Your Monster to Read. And she is doing this app. And that's her reading lessons now. Probably for the rest of the year. And I'll probably try to resume... 100 easy lessons in the fall just to help her get these sounds and then I do my father's world and my father's world first grade also has reading lessons in it anyway um where was I going with that with Uh Faith's well I was gonna say something about Faith's birthday um you wanted to discuss what we're getting she has everything that she needs because she's yeah but I don't I can't remember why I had what I was talking about Elise with her reading lessons oh so Uh, part of so Elise is actually learning things because Elise sat down with Faith to plan out Faith's birthday and she came back with a list with like boxes to check off and everything of things she wanted to do for Faith's birthday and it they had decided totally randomly on a Mickey Mouse themed birthday and so I've shopped online on Amazon a little bit for a couple of Mickey Mouse birthday books there's one that she got from the library a couple of weeks ago about Mickey's birthday and it's out of print but I can get it used on Amazon for like four bucks so that's a for sure one and I was thinking of decorating her cake with some little like two inch Mickey Mouse and friends figurines so, you know, frost the cake and stuff and then do Mickey Mouse figurines on it. And then those also become toys. And I'm thinking, do you remember when we went camping with your sister last year? Uh-huh. And her younger kids... Well, I know you remember the camping. Do you remember that her younger kids brought a bunch of little, like, princess and army guy figurines that they played with in the dirt? No. The whole time. Our kids also, Elise and Faith, also played a ton with them. So I was thinking the the Mickey figurines could also... <clears throat> go in a very I mean it would take up less than a sandwich baggie worth of space but it would be a camping just leave it in the camper sort of toy given how given how terrible Disney is I actually have do not buy on a couple of my stock accounts and Disney is like all she wants to do is have a Mickey party right and I'm like ah kid okay so so speaking of do not buy things uh the list of all the companies that it signed that 
anti-Georgia thing have come out. And I have friends now who were like, where am I going to buy anything? And Allie Stuckey actually published this list on her stories. I just Ooh, saw it. So like Amazon? And, well, Amazon, I don't know. I didn't actually look at the list. She published it. And the next thing in her stories was, I'm getting a lot of messages from people saying, I don't know where I'm going to buy things now. Like my kids' clothes and things like that. Wow. And she's Are people like, that helpless? So, well, I mean, not that helpless, but it. we get a ton of kids' clothes from Target. Um. You know, where else are we going to get affordable? You've been buying most of your stuff at... Goodwill. Goodwill. I get a lot of kids' clothes at Goodwill right now. Shields sells a ton of the brands like Under Armour and Nike that are on this list, though. Anyway, so Amazon, speaking of Amazon... Instagram ads, Etsy. I'm asking you, yeah, we're going to pay $45 for a pair of hand-sewn underwear on Etsy. (laughs) You think I'm joking, but it's No, true. I'm laughing because Etsy's hilarious like Etsy that. Etsy is hilarious like that. I, yeah, the underwear thing is actually a challenge because Amazon and Target are where I get all of our kids' underwear, and they're both on the list. Walmart? I didn't check to see if Walmart's on the list. I could do that. There's they sell hands There are a lot of stores There are other options. Uh, okay, so Amazon. I decided to get, and I'm going to send you a link to this because it's kind of cool. It's called a Ziggle. For Faith. It is a ride-on toy made by Radio Flyer, by the old school brand. Because we don't have enough ride-on toys around this house. You know how I feel about outdoor ride-on toys. Yes, I do. Molly would buy all of the outdoor ride-on toys if she could. I love... She would buy all of them, you guys. Not all all of them. them. I would buy all of the good ones. Facebook Marketplace, buy now, buy now, buy now, buy Uh now. Because when we have a group of kids over, even last night during small group, it was below freezing, and the kids played outside for over an hour on scooters, on things. So I am not apologizing. Uh, okay, fine. Drift trike. For a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. one with the motor. The the ziggle is... Drift trike. The ziggle... I think they're about a thousand bucks. Titus and I can run around them. The three-year-old would love it. She can ride on her laps. <sighs> The Ziggle is kind of the three-year-old equivalent of a drift trike. It's a cross between a plasma car and a trike. So the plasma car, if you guys don't know... Can we throw away the really poorly constructed plastic scooter? Poorly constructed plastic scooter. Are we done with that, or did I already throw that away? I don't know if you threw it away, but it's the thing about that... The double wheels that are like... Yeah, the thing... Because you ran over them. No, because all the kids are too heavy. No. No. The wheels are at an angle because you ran over it in your truck. I'm not because somebody left. Fine, somebody left it in the driveway. I'm not backing down from that. Somebody left it in the I driveway. We need to throw it away. Um, we leave crap laying around. We buy them expensive crap. They leave it laying. Should around. Should we be recording we a podcast it. right now? Because you are really, really <laughs> not a fun conversation partner right now. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be deliberately not fun. I thought it was funny. Okay, so the Ziggle is made by Radio Flyer. Okay. And I'm not asking if I can get it for her. I'm telling you that this is what I'm getting for her. How and, much is it? Well, at I got to pull it from a budget line item somewhere. At RadioFlyer.com, it's like fifty nine ninety nine, and okay. you pay shipping. At Amazon, it's like forty nine and no shipping. Is Radio Flyer on the list? I don't know, but shipping's like fifteen dollars. Is so Radio Flyer on the list? If- I didn't look. Okay. 
So you would rather pay $75 <laughs> no, for the same thing no, I had than nothing. 50 This is a I genuine... Was actually, I was actually asking whether or not Radio Flyer I don't the know list. if they are, because the list just came out today. It's probably but really it's long, a isn't it? genuine... Yes. It's a genuine question, though, because we've been mm. trying to do less from Amazon, not just because <sighs> of, quote-unquote, the list, but because Amazon has so much power right now. Like, another thing Ali Stuckey was saying was... You know, she's she's Facebook is, of course, on the list. Right. And she's like, here I am encouraging people to not support these products. And yet I'm using a Facebook platform. I'm, I follow her on Instagram. She, she's noting the irony of that. And then she also says, we do not live in a truly free society because they're like, don't like our platform. Start your own platform. OK, we'll start Parler. Oh, wait, you're going to shut even our very servers down because you don't like the, the service that we're offering. Like, try to start that, their own platform. That, right. Amazon is so powerful that they actually shut down an entire social mm-hmm. media platform that was started in order to provide free speech. Because half the world's web is run off of Amazon Exactly. Servers. So what I'm saying is, we're trying to avoid Amazon. The problem is... Where else am I going to get these cute little Disney figurines? I I suppose I could look on like thriftbooks.com for this Mickey's birthday party book used because I don't even think it's in print. And then I pay $4 for the book and $6 for shipping for it. And then I pay... Do you know, so? Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. You know, I, I have it, my own struggle with, with, with Amazon too because they are so powerful and they don't need any more money. But here we have a, our own... Our but own podcast have- brand has an associates account that all of my links are linked to. So when we have a link, you guys, that goes to Amazon, you know, we get a little kickback. And so I'm helping sell their product while pocketing money. It's a total racket. You know, that's how they get us to do it. It is. But I've also kind of just been contemplating the whole, you know, <clears throat> we have a lot of luxuries in, in the United States. Yeah. We buy a lot of stuff we don't need. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of landed... In my older age now, my grandpa dadness. There's a few brands that I really like. Some of them are handmade. A little more expensive. I mean, that's one of the reasons Sometimes I like a Radio more Flyer expensive. as a brand. Right, but you end up buying less. So a clothing, for instance. I had this long conversation with Brianna about denim. And as I got to talking about both Distilled in L.A., but my favorite one, Imogene and Willie in Nashville... And the price, and then I got to thinking about the fact that I've had them repaired once already, and they're almost 10 years old. I thought, wow, like, that's actually probably a better buy than trying to get $30 jeans, you know, Levi's from somewhere that tend to wear out a lot faster. So then you just don't buy those things. It's like, where else are you going to buy the figurines? Do you need the figurines? No, we don't need the figurines. We We want to find them. But that, it just, it challenges me personally to evaluate whether or not I really truly need something or whether it's just like, you know, just because I want it rather than, you know, needing it. But, and is there other places to find stuff? I've been trying, I don't like paying the highest price. Nobody likes paying full retail price, but there's something about, there's a couple, there's a couple um, local stores here that are just, stellar when it comes to like tools and stuff and they can be a little more expensive than finding something on amazon but 
Amazon's just convenient because they have almost everything. If you need it, it's there. And sometimes it takes a hard. But I found this. You know, I would. I spent. You guys, I spent the last. I got another few days, a few hours in on the Spartan, and I'm actually pulling up floor. I can see the frame now. And there's a company that I that I researched and came across of called Air Parts Inc. And they're an aircraft supply company, but they also have found a, a niche market in aluminum trailer products. So you can get sheet aluminum, rivets, riveting tools, rivet guide, you know, anything that you would need for, to build an airplane. I mean, there's all these companies built trailers too. So I pretty much find everything that I need with them. So I just didn't even bother to look on Amazon or somewhere else because I was like, I'm just going to go to Harbor Freight by this. I'm going to buy these things from air parts and I'm going to, you know, and it kind of just saves a little bit of trouble, but you know, buy once, cry once. That's what they say. You know, it's like, don't go too cheap or you're going to be buying it twice. So I don't know, but anyway, all that to say is the thought is like, you know, do you need those things? If you don't want to support that company, it's the only place you can find it. Find something else to buy that you can support in good conscience. You know? Yeah, maybe I can find Disney figurines on Etsy. For $900 a figurine. Mm-hmm. Hand Original, hand-carved. And painted hand with painted. someone's mm-hmm. blood. <laughs> actually not. That like the Nike shoe or like the, the Nike, Nike shoe with blood in yeah. it? Actually, it wasn't, wasn't actually Nike. No, it wasn't Nike. It was another company, and they did another gimmick they like that, too. Took, they took Nike shoes mm-hmm. and did it, and Nike is suing yeah, they them. They customized a Nike shoe. Yeah. 666 of them. Um, speaking of 666, we had a conversation with a friend the other day who sort of snarkily asked if, what was it, the implantable Pfizer, not Pfizer, whatever, the biotech thing that's supposed to be able to detect if you have COVID through this implantable thing. That they're using for the military right now. They're talking about it in the military context. asking if that was the mark of the beast Mm -hmm. and... Uh, I, Jesus, juked him. And in case you guys didn't know this, my understanding of from studying Revelation is that the mark of the beast, and this is obviously not an interpretation without controversy, but my, my understanding of the mark of the beast is that it's internal. Because Revelation is full of of point-counterpoint, right? Christ, Antichrist, uh, the Bride of Christ, the prostitute, um, I don't know, the beast and the lamb. So the mark of the beast is the counter, the, the counterfeit or the evil version of the mark of the lamb. And the mark of the lamb is his name is written on their foreheads. Revelation says, you know, his name is written on their foreheads. Jesus's name is not literally written on our foreheads. It's an external metaphor for an internal reality that if you take somebody's name, it's a sign of belonging and allegiance. I took your last name when I got married to you because it's a sign of belonging and allegiance and unity. We take Christ's name. We are called Christians because we belong to him and we are loyal to him. His name is in our hearts and it shows an identity to whom we belong. The beast, the mark of the beast is the external metaphor for an internal reality which is that you belong to the beast so it's not an external you don't and and also just like you don't accidentally become a christian you don't accidentally take on the mark of the beast it's not like 
I can't even think, you know, you, you get a credit card that has a chip in it and that's somehow you've accidentally signed on to the mark of the beast or, you know, your, your Moderna shot has tracking chips in it. Like Bill Gates promised years ago, uh, that's, you didn't accidentally take on the mark of the beast. You, you, if you belong to Christ and his name is written on your forehead, you don't have the mark of the beast because they're literally opposites. So we did on that note, you know, we, we did when we first got married, have a couple people suggest that instead of you taking my name or me taking your name or hyphenating the names, we actually blend the names into Froutson. Um, because my maiden name was Routson. But we didn't, uh, we opted not to go that direction. Because that would be weird. That would be weird. You know, speaking of... Now, I just want to say this, because I actually... There were some emails that came out last fall that I was included on that talked about the embeddable, uh, embedded chip with health records on it. And people were really concerned. They started conflating that with, like, the Bill Gates stuff and identities and, you know, end-of-the-world apocalypse and, you know all of the things. And uh, I did a little research on that particular technology, and it came out of MIT. And it's essentially a, 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 a biodegradable, uh, I mean, it, it, it just kind of dissolves after a while, similar to, uh, it's like a dissolving tattoo, like a t- with a two-year, three-year time span on it. So it's a you get you get essentially you get some ink embedded in there and inside that ink is your health records and those health records are tied digitally to a block on the blockchain and so the only way you can actually give access to those records is by granting your your keys your encrypted keys to look at that data to your healthcare provider. So nobody can come in and actually take it. But I thought it was super cool. That was a really cool technology. I mean, I, it's only a matter... I mean, how many times have I gone to the store and forgotten my wallet? You know, but if I had my wallet kind of just like in my wrist or something like that, it would be a lot more convenient. It seems like a health hazard to me. It could be a health hazard. There's a lot of things like that's And that's a whole different consideration. But in terms of the biotechnology, like that stuff is kind of nifty. That'd be kind of nice because then you don't have, you know, like if I wanted to go get my health records now for my entire life, I would have to call like a couple my, dozen they hospitals. They probably don't even necessarily exist because you know? they were in yeah. paper form. I know my immun- yeah. immunization records were all on paper. Um, okay, so... So anyway. So you sort of <clears throat> took... I just went totally random direction. Well, random, but also it touches on... Yesterday, I was a little bit depressed because I had an exchange with somebody about, I'm, you guys, I'm using metaphor, not metaphors, I'm a very health freedom sort of person. Like, I, the, the idea of the vaccination passport, whether you trust the vaccination or not, it to me is a fundamental human right that you should be able to, to accept or deny medical things being imposed on you or your children and the direction of mandating medical things uh in in any regard is uh, is really touchy to me there are the issues of child is dying of cancer and parents are what's what's the scientologists so they're denying their child 
life-saving treatments and should the state take the child away from the parents or vice versa. I've heard of parents who get a literal rise, like get a kick out of being hypochondriacs of their children. So they they come to doctors and complain that their child has this health complaint or this and doctors take the parent's word for it and do unnecessary procedures on kids or treatments because the parents have a mental illness that makes them feel good about getting the pity and the attention from having sick kids. So things like that are extreme examples of, yeah, maybe the state could and should be intervening for the safety and the health of the children. But as a general rule, saying, no, I don't want my child to get this experimental vaccine should be something that, in my opinion, we we should be standing firm and supporting each other on no matter how we feel about it. And I had an exchange with someone. I had watched a number of health-related, and not just like anti-vax accounts, but actual people who care about other people's health and say super controversial things like exercising and eating healthy is going to help you beat the virus better than being sedentary and eating a lot of sugar and junk food. Like they're, So they say things like this and Facebook or Instagram tags them as potentially getting their accounts deleted. And then they did this big purge last week and probably at least half a dozen accounts that I followed were completely... Everything was deleted except the profile picture and no posts yet. No followers, <laughs> no, they don't follow anyone, and there's no posts. It just says no posts yet and has the people's, the person's profile picture. And you, you, if you, that's what happens if you go look for them because you are, you have un, been unfollowed from them. But so, so I was, had this exchange with this gal and she's like, I don't see a problem with that. If they get deplatformed, that's the platform's choice. And I was like, fair. Oh, I mean, they're a private yes. company. The same the same freedom we have to post what we want is the same freedom they get to yeah, have who, who except, choose who they want. Except these private companies get communications exceptions. So they're they're acting more Ah, and so, touching on something. Well, anyway, I, I don't want to touch on the legal stuff because I haven't studied it enough to make a good case for it. But what what it just where I'm going with this is it left me really kind of depressed at like this is somebody who hypothetically, you know, is a is a committed churchgoer and, I mean, not hypothetically, she is a committed churchgoer, but she's very much not in agreement with me and would probably look at this church in Canada that not only had the pastor jailed for a long time, but then when the church continued meeting after he got out of jail, they sent out, they, they built a chain link fence around their church and then when the churchgoers, and put up security cameras, so when they watched the churchgoers take the fence down to go use their building, they sent out riot police. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, a, th- this is 21st century Canada, and could very well be 21st century United States, except the Supreme Court just told Newsom that his limitations on church meetings and homes were absurd and inappropriate. So, good for the Supreme Court, as long as the Supreme Court exists in its current form which may not be long for this world anymore but that's also another topic for another time anyway where i'm going with this is that just left me wanting to crawl into a hole in kind of despair and i've been feeling that a lot for the last couple of weeks with if you guys have been following us the last couple of weeks we've had quite a bit of 
not conflict with ourselves, but learning about a lot of broken relationships that have been just the, the sadness and the weariness and some of the over the overspray of it has been wearing on us mentally and emotionally and thinking about implications of mm-hmm. these broken relationships for our church family and for our friends who are in these broken relationships or are close enough to these broken people that they're they're really hurting and then also I got a comment from somebody about something I had said prior to realizing that they were in a very broken relationship and they were like kind of accusing me of saying mean-hearted things when in fact I didn't know anything about their circumstances and I was just being me which I mean (laughs) I always get in trouble for being me well I I mean but it but the it for some reason it just really kind of struck me to the core this accusation of you should have known better than to say something that would hurt me when I didn't and it 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 has this effect on me and I don't think I'm alone but it has this effect on me of like I just don't want to be around you I realize that you're hurting, and I realize that you've now opened up and shared to me, but the fact that you would launch an accusation against me, that whether it was meant as as a plea, please don't say hurtful things to me anymore, or as a warning that you have a tendency to say hurtful things, please don't do it anymore, it came across as a, you should have known better, and I am... I was hurt, doubly hurt by the fact that I'm hurting and that you would pile on to it. And I like, so even though they let me into the hurt now, my response is, I don't want to be around you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be. And then, you know, is this person avoiding me because of our peripheral exposure to this person's conflict? And, you know, I I feel like I'm being avoided a lot right now. I, I feel like that, too. <laughs> Uh, and so, they, and part of me is like, I just don't want to have anything to do with all of these messy people, <laughs> all of these weird and hard people who yeah. are making me, fe- you know, making me feel guilty or ashamed or somehow because of my, is some well, role that I've played in rubbing I mean, salt in your wounds. It's, it's unfair to, to assume that we know what's going on in everybody's life. I re- you know, yeah. we're always going to oh, say I know. things and that the defense. I mean, people. the defensive part of me did not say that in the moment when right. that was said to me, but for sure, I wanted to, and maybe I should have, because here I am stewing on it <laughs> for a week now. <laughs> in front of, you know, in front of a thousand listeners. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, so the reason that I... Friends, we have problems. We do. We're weird and hard, too. No, oh the gosh. reason that I'm I'm reflecting on it now, though, is because... I I recognize that in scripture there's never an excuse to withdraw from relationship. I mean the only Jesus withdrew from people to pray, right? He's moving closer to God so that he can he, literally he die also, on behalf of the people. He also who are withdrew. Him. He also withdrew. I just read this today. He also withdrew when people were threatening to kill him. 
That's true. For a for a time though. For sure. Because then he set his face is it right. Mark that says he set his face towards Jerusalem. Like when it was time for him to die, he set his face towards Jerusalem, but up until that wasn't t- he it was also not yet withdrew, his time. He also withdrew a couple times when the crowds got really, really huge. He went farther up on the mountain or they jumped into a boat. And focused on a small group of people. Yeah. <laughs> right. So but but my point is the the Do you think he ever looked at was everybody was like, Oh, not you again. Right. Oh, us again. Yeah. His three closest disciples. Yes. You guys sleeping again? Good grief. I'm about to die on a cross and you can't even stay awake and pray for you know, for me. Um No, but I the I I was reminded of this as I was kind of mulling this over and this like particularly in one relationship, this temptation to be like, you know what? I just want to step back and not be engaged because I all the things. I just don't feel like I want to be in that mix where there's the possibility for them to interpret something that I do or say is hurtful. I just don't want to deal with it. And I was reminded that probably in seminary or maybe when we were working at Peacemakers... I didn't just have the potential book title in my pocket of Too Busy to Flush for a parenting book. I also thought of a book called Toward, T-O-W-A-R-D, because in every situation where we are broken or hurting, our inclination is to withdraw. Like, even think about chronic pain. People who suffer from chronic pain, it's extremely isolating. You wish other people would serve you. I don't know if you remember this, but years ago, everyone in our world was going to be like, are they talking about me on this podcast? Are they, man, <laughs> I hate them. Um, but, but years ago, yes, we are. years ago, there was a woman in our church who, who made a comment to us that she had gone through a period of a lot of physical pain and nobody nobody called her, nobody brought her meals during that time. And the circle of us to whom she made the comment kind of all cocked our heads and were like, we didn't even know. We had no idea that she was suffering. And in hindsight, I remember that. sure, we could have been maybe calling her, but it wasn't the sort of situation where we were in regular contact with her. So we would have known that something was off by her texting or whatever, it was a, she emerged from a weeks-long period of deep physical suffering on her part, and that also was emotional and physical, you know, emotional and spiritual suffering, because she's not getting loved on by people. She's, She's not being encouraged. She's not being helped. She doesn't have people weeping with her as she weeps. And so the the physical pain was compounded by the pain of feeling like nobody cared. And the problem was, and I understand this because when I've been... The problem was we didn't care. The problem was we didn't... <laughs> I mean, in, in, in reality, I feel like I was young and immature enough that maybe I wouldn't have done anything if I had known. Mm. And that doesn't, obviously doesn't reflect well on me. I make an effort now, if I, if somebody that I'm in decent contact with, like if a prayer request comes through for somebody that I have exchanged, you know, I, I'll send a text and check in with them or whatever. I'd try to anyway. But 
But in this case, I'm not sure that I would have, but she never gave any of us the opportunity to. Yeah. Um, but I know, I know how isolating physical pain can be because when I've been pregnant, I've gotten a tiny taste of it because I've been very sick for three out of four pregnancies and you know, you're going to parties and I'm lying in bed and I sit up and I throw up and I feel absolutely horrible for, I mean, with Titus, it was for nine months straight. I could barely function. And it's, it's hard not to fall into depression, into anger, because you can't do anything. Everybody's lives are going on around you. And you're so, I couldn't even, with Titus, I couldn't even watch. Yeah, we didn't have smartphones back then. So I had a laptop computer and I couldn't even watch movies on the laptop computer because the movies made me throw up. I was so incapacitated. So all I had to do was lie there and think about how miserable I was. And all that does is turn your heart I can't remember which of the church fathers said that the heart turns in, say, it turns in on itself. Like the sinful heart doesn't naturally reach out for help. The sinful heart doesn't naturally give other people the benefit of the doubt. So mm-hmm. in so with this woman, I understand the the pain of not having people reach out to her, but but in our our isolating suffering, the best most godly thing to do is to turn toward God and to turn toward God's people and trust that God will be working in their hearts to help them respond to you well, which because people are weird and hard doesn't always happen. But in same thing in, in conflict, in fear, in doubt, in parenting challenges, the, tendency of the sinful human heart is to turn away from other people, to turn away from God, to turn in on ourselves. And the biblical answer is to turn, even in in shame-inducing sins mm-hmm. like pornography or, you know, bulimia or binging, whatever it is, the shame makes you turn away from the light of Christ and turn away from other people who could help you because you don't want your sin exposed. That's That makes fear and things like that. And But the best thing you can do is turn towards God and his light and turn towards other people. And same thing with conflict. You know, the best thing you can do is turn toward the person that you're in conflict with, trusting in God to reconcile your relationship, but keeping your own heart soft towards them. The whole time, and so yeah, and I think COVID made us even more isolated. All of the self isolation. Oh, for stuff sure. And, and I would argue, as a result, <clears throat> it's made us more selfish. Yeah, and I know. I don't have nearly the desire. Well, I feel like, at least in my particular period of time right now, I feel like when you do want to reach out and help, you get blocked. Sometimes. You know, and it's like that's not on us though. No, it isn't. But you, your you, friends can do that too. Like I'm thinking about some of the broken marriages that, you know, it's like, well, I, if I just, you know, if they let us know earlier, you know, it wouldn't have ended up in a divorce type of thing, right? Somebody, you could, you could address it back. You know, those things don't happen overnight. They're slowly mm-hmm. built up over years. But then I know other relationships that they do bring people in right away, and either they choose not to change or make any changes. Or just or nothing. We live nothing in a happens. fallen world. Yeah. And sometimes you just don't you know? see victory over 
over those sinful behaviors nope. that you're praying and trusting God for and, you know, other people that you can't control. Um, so, you know, I'm in, in some of these situations, I feel like I'm humble enough to recognize. I don't, I don't think that, you know, I'm not sure that even people wiser and more skillful than we are, of which there are many, <laughs> many, you guys. Um, you know, we're not saying that we could have fixed people's problems, but, um, but I'm not, it, you know, because we live in a broken world, I'm not yeah. sure that some of those problems are fixable, but still turning to other people for, for being, to be loved on even in the midst of your brokenness is a way of relieving some of your own grief and pain because knowing that there are people who love you, who are praying for you. Um, you know, I don't know how people who don't believe in the power of prayer, how they get through the world. I don't know either. You know, I was just reflecting on, you know, like you said, COVID's, COVID's made us all a little bit lazier too. You know, I, I come, I coming out of like, why am all these things that you can't really help or you get blocked and you're like, why am I even bothering right now? Like, why do I even continue to bother? Which is where and I have like, been and I've been yeah. convicted that, that that's, that's not how God treats us. Oh, it's totally sinful. I mean, we're called, we're called to serve at the expense of ourselves. Right. You know, at constant sacrifice because we've got a model that we'll never attain in Christ, you know, uh, and and even Unto in all death. of these big situations, we get to hone our skills at that under our own roof with our kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep well, I keep telling the kids too, pushing the boundaries of my sanctification. I keep telling kids too, and I think I actually told a couple of kids at judo on Tuesday. It's like the only thing you can that is it, your response. It's generally you know something violent or you know inappropriate. Somebody hitting somebody. I was like you you that's never justified. You know, you, you're only, I mean, well, occasionally it's justified, but those are rare. You know, you're only, you're, you're only, well, they did it. It's their fault. No, you chose to lash out like that. The only thing we can be responsible for is how we respond and interact in all these situations. If we choose to back up and not get involved, we're going to be held accountable for that. If we choose to step up and help or serve or do something or continue to try we'll be held accountable for that too. But I think that's all we can do is continue, unfortunately, continue putting yourself out there and continue getting crapped on mm-hmm. because that's what Christ did. He put himself out there and he, he died. And he puts his grace into us mm-hmm. to love other people that way. Okay, speaking of judo, Elise came home from judo on Tuesday and informed mm-hmm. me she was going to marry one of the boys <laughs> Donovan, that she is in <laughs> class with. Because for some reason, she feels like she's six. She feels like the clock is ticking. And she's like, well, I have to find someone to marry soon. And I was like, you realize your dad and I got married when we were almost 30, right? You've got a good 20 years before you need to start even remotely panicking. Yeah. You know, even even at 30. Don't even panic. at 30, don't God's panic. God's got this. I, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole because I'll forget how to get back. So I'm going to stay on, on track today just now. But um, so Elise, Elise is talking about, you know, I was like, well, do you think he likes you? Well, yeah, he spanked my butt. And I was like, oh, OK. All right. We have we have a situation to deal with here. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm going to let daddy deal with that because he's the one who's there at judo. Oh, I know. Yeah, she told me that was going on. And I talked to Donovan once once or twice already about it. But if he continues to be a turd, I'm going to tell his mother. 
Yeah, that works too. They're a really good family. They are I a like good family. A and Donovan is a really, he's a nice boy. He's, he's probably just, just, he's the youngest he's, of four also. He's so. being, uh, he's, he's being, being a six-year-old six boy. boy. <laughs> but so, so that actually, okay, so I, I was thinking about how much I love, I don't think I've mentioned this to you guys in a long time, but I really like the group Birds and Bees. I follow them on Instagram, but it's these two Texan ladies who have created a program. Uh, like This lady is so Texan. Her name is Mary Flo. That's her first and middle name. And I can't remember what her counter... Megan. I think Megan is her younger counterpart. They have a series. Uh, it's available online now, and you buy it once, and you can watch it as many times as you want for forever. We did it with our church last year literally finished it and then COVID shut the church down but it's it's how to talk to your kids about sex at all ages and even the the I you know I had a boy spank me and on the butt and so I know that he likes me comment I feel like I didn't freak out about as much as I maybe would have because I have this general framework of we're regularly talking to our kids about sex and whatnot but I was giggling today because I just, I'm, I'm a nerd and we're starting our garden. This is going to be our third year of gardening. And we had a huge learning curve from year, in year one. And it was still, it worked out pretty well for a year oh, yeah. one garden. Year two, I sort of took it back from the, it being the kids' garden. And so it was more successful. But I also, I love, buy, I love hatch green chilies, and, but mild ones. I love buying those little cans, you guys, and adding them to like everything. So I decided to grow some of my own so that we could smoke them on the trigger and save them. And I'm still working through last year's supply because I bought one packet of seeds from the Sandia Seed Company and it I got like 30 plants out of it and I planted them all because we have a big yard. And so I just, I saved some seeds, didn't work, none of them germinated. So I just ordered the packet, came in the mail today, right before I put Faith down for her nap, I was planting them. And the birds and bees gals have this video on their Instagram of, they say, you know, talk about how where babies come from on a regular basis. And when your kid is really little, like a faith size, two, three, four, talk about seeds and how there's this tiny seed and you plant it and given the right conditions, it grows into a plant. Daddy fertilizes and, it. Right. And so it's a good time. they, they, so they'll say, you know, when you cut open an apple or, and I think on the video, she's actually cutting open a bell pepper. Mm-hmm. And when I was researching how to preserve pepper seeds, they said, you can't actually preserve store-bought bell pepper seeds and plant them in your garden because they're hybrids. And I don't know how they reproduce the seeds other than the seed or the plants other than the seeds in these, but somehow... These plants are so inbred. The seeds are not fertile in store-bought bell Weird. pepper plants. I, I was just giggling. Is that why they wouldn't be necessary? That's uh, why the food may not be as as healthy as garden fresh. I don't know. I mean, that's why a garden bell pepper, like just a genuine bell yeah. pepper, is like you know. I'm holding in my fingers how big it would be, but it's like a little. So, I mean, a good one is like twice the size of a Dixie cup. I mean, not like these giant, juicy, like super thick flesh, half inch thick flesh on these bell peppers you get in the store. Well, you know they got to do that because it makes for better sales. Well, yeah, it does. But I'm just saying, I don't... uh, Anyway, Mm -hmm. I was giggling as I was planting them because 
you know, just the whole like, like, I mean, but unless you mix your seeds with somebody else's seeds that you're related to and they get inbred, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to have that kind of seed mixing and seed planting. I don't know. I just, I didn't think through that very well, but oh, I was actually, that's so funny. I was looking at the seeds while I was brushing Faith's teeth for her nap and she's like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, I can't even explain to you why I'm looking at this, this little thing. Cause the best light in our house for seeds is in our bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so I have these little seed starting containers perched all around around the edge of the bathtub right now. And so I was looking at him while I was brushing Faith's teeth and giggling at, you know, crack open the bell pepper and be like, babies come from seeds like this, but you're going to get a deformed baby if you use a seed from this plant. So don't marry your cousin. <laughs> Which is also a lesson that we've had to to discuss with the kids but you guys i'm gonna close with this when your kids do the who can i marry who should i marry even with elise you know as she's she also i don't know why she's so into well she's a little girl i guess i don't know if lily went through this phase when she was this age but the whole question of who should i marry and elise is i don't know feels like her her eggs are drying up or something she um about a week ago, she was like, so if you're going to marry someone, should you like go out to dinner with them first? And I was like, eh, probably at least a couple times. Yeah. And she's like, so like three dinners and then you get married. And I was like, I, you, that's something at least totally would do. She'd have three dinners with somebody and get herself engaged and be like, yeah, what the what, what? But, But I took it as a chance to try to encourage her to go to as many dinners with this person as it would take her to figure out if they would treat her as well as her daddy treats her. Because Uh. she is getting an example from you of this sort of love and care and attention that she should get from a potential future spouse. And if you go to dinner with someone and he's on his phone all the time... Or he's just a general jerk or whatever. I think, you know, I was like, you'll just know if you get to know someone beyond. I was like, you know, if you go to somebody else's house and you've never met them, you're going to be super well behaved and polite, right? And she's like, "Mm, yeah, (laughs) right. But, you know, I was like, you're you you let loose. You don't throw fits for people you don't know. You throw fits on your mom because you know me well. And it's safe to throw a fit with me. You need to get to know someone well enough that he can see how you act. You see how he responds when you throw a fit. And because you will still throw fits when you're marriageable age. And just not the same type of fits. And you need to see the sort of things that he throws fits about to you. I came downstairs one night to put Titus to bed. Or at least say goodnight to him. And he goes, Dad, how, how, do you, how old should you be before you have a girlfriend? So, He's I immediately teased him about you Donovan's older sister, who's you also in judo. Tease him. They frequently partner up. She's a sweetheart too. But I'm just like, why you have a crush on so and so? He goes, no. Aww, <laughs> Got all indignant. Poor Tito. He's my mini me. I feel that deeply. <laughs> you shouldn't tease him because we want him to feel safe asking us questions. One more thing that I was reminded You did. We had a nice long okay, conversation. Okay, good. One more thing I was reminded of while I was talking is mm-hmm. I I've heard this before, but I'm reading Katie Faust's new book about uh children's rights and that being a battle that Christians need to be working on taking up in 
particularly in the United States and but across the world. And she she makes a point that kids who grow up, I mean, the whole point of the book really is that kids have a natural right to their biological mom and dad. And a lot of ways that we are, that, that our culture is acting right now is depriving kids of their right to their mom and dad. And adoption is not inflicting a wound. Adoption recognizes a what's called a primal wound. That's actually a technical term for babies who are adopted at birth and separated from their birth mother um, and birth fa- biological father. Um, so adoption is recognizes the wound and is seeking to love and to heal and let kids grieve as they grow up and experience this wound in different ways throughout the course of their lives. Mm. But many other things, including divorce and letting, you know, being okay, celebrating single parenting without recognizing the wound that it causes to kids. So she, she points out the manifold ways that, that we are creating not ideal situations for children to thrive and she makes a case that that children have inherent natural rights to those conditions that make them thrive. It's a very interesting book, but she makes a comment in there that that kids actually experience expressions of affection between their mom and dad as expressions of of affection to the kid themselves. So when our kids see us hug, it actually Which communicates is all the time. It actually communicates affection from us to them and creates sense of So security. is it double affection when we smashed Elizabeth between us this morning? Yes. But that's I actually did that kind of on purpose after reading that in the book. Oh. That I mean it was funny and cute. But she did you notice how much she giggled? Yeah. She loved it. We we made a, a Lily sandwich and included her in a hug between At us. Breakfast. But I I just think it's really interesting that when you hold hands, when you hug, when you kiss in a What happens if they family, walk in on us having sex? That requires counseling. Or a birds and bees opportunity. Another anyway, problem. so my encouragement to you guys is Hug your spouse in front of your kids. And even if Elise will be like, you guys should kiss. And we'll kiss and then she'll go, ew. That she, she, it actually is doing a psychological benefit. The phrase is, it's part of her socio-emotional diet to keep her emotionally healthy. To watch us be Love affectionate it. to each other. And I, that's all I've got. That's all you got? I'm done. That was loaded. I gotta go make dinner. I gotta figure out what to title this show. Um, cool. Well, we had a couple notes come in this week, which is fun. Grace writes, Hi, JR and Molly. I started listening to your podcast several weeks ago after hearing your ads on the world and everything in it. I absolutely love your podcast, and I was so excited when I found out that you were fellow Montanans. Hello. She didn't actually say where she was from, though. You talk about being older parents. My husband and I can relate. This touched me. I'm 37, and my husband is 44. And we just had our first baby on March 1st. That's awesome. (laughs) That's amazing. Congratulations. Keep up the amazing work. Love you guys. 
That's so funny when we have random strangers tell us they think we're great. If you guys only knew us, I don't know that you would ever tune you into would the agree show. That, you would agree that we're weird, <laughs> weird and, and hard. hard. Yep. And then, and then also Anna texted me. She started listening again. Same thing after the world and everything in it. And her three favorite emojis are donut, the peace sign, and the heart eyes. She says, P.S. If she was still in contact with her ex-boyfriend, we best believe she'd be sending him uh, uh, Arl's podcast. Even though that's not really his thing and he doesn't have time to listen to those things I send him. Sounds like there's a lot of potential conflict there, so we'll just leave that that's alone. That's an ex-DF anyway. Because... Your advice on parenting is rock solid. Well, yeah, forge your own path. Thanks. It works for us. May not work for everybody. Show them Jesus. Full stop. All right. But Um, also, uh, if you guys feel like texting JR, your favorite emojis. I was going to get to that. Yeah. Okay. So she finally, she closes with, I teach middle school drama class and apply a lot of your wisdom to my students in the classroom and on stage. Thanks for making me laugh during a hectic show week. That's rad because I use my own advice with the kids in judo too. And they're all like, they range. I usually work with the super juniors. So six to 10, six to 12 or so. Um, so yeah, guys, two, two questions. The first question is, uh, would, would you want us to start a telegram? Molly started getting into telegram because all of her favorite people were like shut off from the world. And I started one for my DJ stuff, my music, electronic music, so live sets and things like that. I didn't you guys actually want... sign up. Oh. Would you guys want Too Busy to Flush to have one? Would you use it? Let me know. Um, if you're like, what is Telegram? Don't worry about it. Secondly, send me your three favorite emojis. And I'm going to do a poll. We'll do an emoji poll because that'll be fun. So send me your three favorites. You can text me at 406-318-7136. Blow up my devices. It'll be fun. <laughs> Okay, 406-318-7136. Blow up the devices with your three favorite emojis. Um, And then let me know if you guys would want to do a telegram or not. Because Molly and I can log in and we can just chit-chat all day long about all sorts of random things. But telegram seems like it's more one way. Is it interactive? It can be. Yeah, there's definitely interaction there. Yeah, for sure. I need to learn more about it. You can kind of do both. Um, Otherwise, if you want to buy some swag or see... Or purchase any of the things we've ever recommended or want to see what we what books, for instance, we really, really like. Go to the link on Instagram or Instagram bio or go to toobusytoflush.com slash swag uh, to our swag shack. And if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a list of recommended things. Full disclosure, most of that stuff is Amazon links because we get a little bit of a kickback. I actually made $7 one week. Thank you, guys. It was pretty rad. <laughs> and then I spent that on coffee. Yeah, <clears throat> probably. Yeah. So anyway, all the money goes back to our... A local coffee our... shop, not Starbucks. All of... <laughs> all of I the think money... it's even owned by Christians. All of the money goes back into our just livelihood. Um, <laughs> I, I would like to say something really... Mer- like, it all goes back to funding the show and the hosting and the it podcast producing and the website stuff. But it just goes into our bank account and we do we still all pay for $7 everything. All $7 of it. So, uh, yeah, so that's great. Toobiesofflush.com. Thank you for the reviews. We had some new reviews come in. They were five stars. They were awesome. You guys are the best. Um, we super appreciate it. We ranked up pretty well in, in trouble. And we also think you guys are really fun and really interesting, cool people. And someday we're going to do a cross country tour. 
Ooh, that'd be fun. And our Spartan. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not going to do it to see you guys, but I don't know. By the time the Spartan's done, maybe we will. <laughs> maybe we'll be huge. I don't know that I want to be that big. I don't know. I mean, we've, got, we've got Kim and Kalispell offering me whiskey sours. <laughs> That's true. She's like, call me if you guys crash on the mountain mountain biking this summer. <laughs> I was like, okay, awesome. Uh, so yeah, you guys are super fun. It would be fun to see see all you guys all the time everywhere. But anyway, that's it. Share us with your friends if you like us. Thanks for reaching out. You can also email us at tb2f at pm.me or send us a message through our postcard feature on our website. Just fill out the postcard and it'll just shoot right into uh, right into our our our. our You're gonna slide into our DMs. You're gonna slide into our. our DMs, yeah, you're gonna DM us, blow up the phone. Um, right. With that, uh, Molly, I love you. I love what you are you too. making for dinner? Uh, we're having leftover fried rice, and I'm gonna saute some chicken really quickly mm, to add to it. That fried rice, because there's delicious. not nearly as much fried rice as I thought there was when we put it away last night. I ate a lot. Yep, it's been, a, it's been a rough week. I didn't eat much yesterday. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go All cook. Right. See you guys. 